Nashville can't catch a break right now. One of the busiest tourist economies in the country, at the beginning of March, right when their busy season was supposed to start, they were struck by a high-end EF3 tornado that ripped the city apart. East Nashville, one of the most popular parts of the city for locals, was cut through like a knife. Hundreds were left homeless or with severely damaged homes. Bars, venues, and restaurants were decimated, leaving many out of work. Then came the virus. Since the coronavirus outbreak, Nashville has announced over 800 confirmed cases of COVID-19. With stay-at-home orders now in place, many who are already being hit hard are feeling it double. From Dirty Spoon Media, you've found Home Fried, stories to keep you informed and entertained in the days of the lockdown. I'm Jonathan Ammons. Samantha Harlow is a Nashville fixture. A longtime bartender at Robert's Western World, one of the last true honky-tonks on the strip, only playing classic country, Roberts is a legendary spot, and bar gigs there are hard-earned. Samantha is also a very reputable musician. Her solo work finds her crooning vintage country vibes, but her latest project has been a retro rock trio, The Bad Signs, which has been featured in Vice and Rolling Stone. Things were starting to look pretty grim when a friend reached out to Sam and asked to help launch a new startup in Asheville. Two Broke Bartenders, an organization that puts out-of-work bartenders back to work in their community doing handiwork. I caught up with Sam at her house in Nashville. I worked on Lower Broadway, right in the heart of the tourist district. At one of, and I still work there. Um, it's just not open at the moment, obviously. Um, but it's called Robert's Western World. It is one of the most beloved bars down on that block by not just tourists, but locals. So, you know, it's a, it's a place that's it's busy every night and it's... You know, it's a legendary I place. It's it's a very legendary place. It's right behind the Ryman Auditorium. It shares that same back alley. Um, it's got a long-standing history on Lower Broadway, and so it's you know being in there and working there. Um, it's as much entertainment, like. I feel like the bar staff there is so on point that the bands we all have are top notch, but even to sit and watch the bar staff, it's a show. Cause they move so like we move so fast all night long. Yeah. So yeah, that's and my lifestyle. Like I work uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday nights. And then when I'm not doing that, I'm in a band. So, and I, I host Airbnb out of my house, so I got, like, the trifecta fuck. Yeah. I lost every single stream of income that I had. Yeah. Yeah, and you guys had just put out a new record, right? Or was it a single what, EP or something? We put out a companion single. Um, my bandmate released on early March, I think. Yeah, it was March 6th or 7th. It was right after the Nashville tornado. Oh, yeah. And, you know, at least where I work, um, we were just coming out of our slow season, literally looking forward to, like, SEC basketball conference. Um, the tornado had just hit, so it had knocked us down. We're like, you know what? It's going to be okay. This work is starting up again. It's going to pick up. We're all going to make some more money. We're going to do the repairs that we have to do. And then... As if being kicked while we were down, 
this uh, coronavirus became a, a legitimate thing. And it, I mean, it's it's scary, you know, just yeah. to hear about all the people who have been affected by it, people who are dying. And it's so it seems so trite to be talking about money when people are actually losing their lives and their loved ones. But, you know, it's also a factor. People are, you know, the strain to the economy has. I mean, it's nothing like this in my lifetime. Yeah. Or my parents like him. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, but yeah, uh, so I'm in a band and, and we put out a single and um, so we're trying to figure out what to do next. Yeah, tell me a bit about the song. The song was written as, um, it was written by Nat, our guitar player, and it was written as a companion piece to the book that his twin brother Rob wrote. It's called Vinyl Underground. It's about um, kids during the Vietnam era, seniors in high school, and they have to, they start like an underground record club, and they're, so they're listening to, you know, music of the day, but then also it's right in the middle of the Vietnam draft, and they have to kind of deal with um, becoming adults very early, and they yeah. have to figure out what they're going to do about the, about having to, you know, possibly join the army and you know their whole lives being turned upside down and he did it such a good job you know it's actually it's technically considered a young adult novel but i read it in two days i couldn't put it down and i'm 35 
tell me about Two Broke Bartenders. Well, it's been a whirlwind um, week and a half. I woke up to a text um, a week ago this past Tuesday from a lady that I work with, and she said, call me. I've got this opportunity. And I was like, oh, shit, okay. And I called her, and she said, I've got some friends. They contacted me last night. They're coming into town tomorrow, and they have started a um, they have started a um, it's called a, like essential needs like service for out of work uh, service industry people, and it's called Two Broke Bartenders in a Truck. They started it in Memphis on March nineteenth or twentieth, I think. And it's all about putting out-of-work bartenders and barbacks and cooks and servers and, you know, security guards back to work in the community, earning earning a little bit of money. You know, it's not, for a lot of us, it's not going to completely replace our income, but it's certainly a nice supplement. Yeah. And doing everything from making deliveries, picking up groceries, picking up takeout, to doing yard work, um, just small, basic handyman services, power washing, uh, some simple painting, uh, anything, debris cleanup. Yeah. Uh, so anything you can possibly think of, you know, we're trying to, they're trying to offer it. And so they approached these two guys that started in Memphis. They approached my friends and I, and they said, we want to expand it to Nashville. Would you be interested in helping us get it going? We're like, Yeah. So, um, I've been reaching out to friends in the industry, trying to get people that want to work and reaching out to some of my friends in the press and just trying to get the word out, getting the social media all set up. Um, and they did it in Chattanooga too. So they started both, they started both Nashville and Chattanooga on Monday morning. And we've just, we've slowly been having, you know, work kinks out as we go along obviously and um jobs are slowly starting to roll in but we've had some press already which is cool yeah have Um, you have you had any gigs that you've gotten called into yeah i got called into a debris hauling gig on what day is today friday yeah on on wednesday i think none of of us know what day it is it's great (laughs) no i've actually got a friend on facebook who every day he has made it his job to be like it's tuesday (laughs) take a shower put real pants on sorry i eat breakfast i interrupted you about your your debris job tell me more about that oh right um so uh I went, did the job. It was great. And we went to go haul the debris off to the dump on Thursday, whatever day I did the job, yeah. the day after. And that's the day that we found out that all of the recycling centers and the dumps in Nashville are closed until further notice. Oh, my gosh. So whereas in Memphis and Chattanooga, they're able to pick stuff up and drop it off. In Nashville, like I had this truckload of stuff. And I'm like what the hell what am i gonna do with this and so uh, the dispatcher and the company owner spent probably a day trying to figure and this just they're like we have yet to figure out so that's a service that we currently aren't offering 
<laughs> That's pretty awful right there. You've got all this garbage now on your hands. <laughs> right, right. So luckily it was just a truckload, but still. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it seemed like, you know, and so we've had, you know, jobs. We had quite a few jobs like that coming in. And then we were like, listen. We're trying to figure out where to put all this stuff. And so it's just been, that's been the biggest kink yeah. that we've come across. Yeah. Which is a pretty considerable one, but we've worked through it. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so it's, what are you going to do? It's a new business. How many people are, do you have working or signed up for it in, in Nashville right now? Do you know? In Nashville, we have probably about six or seven people signed up for it. And we're just getting to the point now where we're, getting enough work so that people are starting to get jobs. I mean, um, so we're, the goal is that this will be not just something to get us through the pandemic, but that this can be a sustainable company moving forward to provide supplemental income yeah. to anyone in the service industry, because things happen in the service industry. You break your ankle or, you know, your bar, you like, there's a kitchen fire and your bar is closed for three months or yeah. there's a f3 tornado that just comes and wipes out a whole block full of venues um mm -hmm. you know those are all things that happen so this would be a way for people in the service industry to make supplemental income and they also they can kind of create their own hours um, yeah so you know you can just you can kind of be on call you can have certain days where you work you can accept jobs as you go so it's very user-friendly and the reception to it has been phenomenal. Yeah. The people who the people who have requested the service and paid for the service, they've also been so gracious and like tipping. And I mean tipping really well. So it at least I know in Memphis it's been a, a big success and it's really helped to kind of stem the tide for some of the service industry there. And so we're hoping that with, you know, Nashville and Chattanooga that everything can come online and just kind of yeah how do people how do people utilize the service how do they how do they get in touch how do they how do they ask for help from, uh, there's from, a from you broke bartenders <laughs> there's a website and if it's twobrokebartenders.com and then um there's three links there's a link for Memphis there's a link for Nashville and there's a link for Chattanooga and so you can you can go on the website and kind of see what kind of services are offered, but then you also click the link and it takes you to like um, an email format. And then you email, um, you email the person that kind of parcels out the jobs and you tell them what you want. And then they communicate, you communicate back and forth with them until, until it's the job is agreed upon. And then they send it out. Like they've got their list of workers in every city. And so then uh, the dispatcher gets in touch with, whichever worker they think would best fit the job because different workers have different skill sets. Yeah. So it kind of, so it goes like that. It's very, it, it's supposed to be very user friendly for both the client and the employee. So, yeah. Um, nice. yeah. Um, can, are they considering expanding to other cities? How can people get, how can people lobby them to get them into their town? Um, I, we've already just based on, me putting it out on Facebook because I have a pretty extensive web of people throughout the country. Just me, like putting it up on mine. I've already had friends in Dallas, Fort Worth, ask me about it. Um, I've had you ask me about it in Asheville. A lot of people in Nashville have asked me about it. So it's, 
I think it all depends on as two guys out of Memphis that are running it. So it just, it, I think it depends on what they're willing to take on. Yeah. And if this becomes a success in Tennessee, then it would be up to them to decide if they want to expand out into the greater Southeast or how would, however they would want to do it. Yeah. Awesome. Now that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. And that's great that you got in on the, on the ground floor. <laughs> Been a wild two weeks, man. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The last time I talked to you, I, I know there was not not a lot of prospects, so that's pretty no. awesome that you. Yeah. Did um. What else have you been doing besides this? Have you have you found any other income streams or any other ways of getting by? No, I mean, like I've done some odd jobs. Like, um, some friends asked me to come mow their lawn tomorrow morning. So, barring weather, that's going to be a little extra money in my pocket. Um, yeah. And then you know, like. Obviously, the, since the last time I talked to you, there have been some stimulus bills passed, so I'll be getting some money there. Um, did you apply for unemployment? Did you try that route? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you get Wait, any? My, did you get it? Well, I did, and I'm waiting on my first check. They say it takes about three weeks from the time you sign up, so wow. I think the way that it works in Tennessee, at least, is you file your application, and then every week you have to... Uh, file a certification which is basically it's a button you click to certify and then you're like oh there's these like handful of requirements that are really easy if you're not working um and you just click a button and then it basically tells them yeah i haven't worked this week yeah i haven't heard any money yeah i really need that unemployment check so if you could just put it in the bank for me that'd be great yeah um but i've also been applying for different grants um luckily i finally got my taxes done and I'm getting money back instead of having to pay in. So I got that going for me. Yeah. Dribs and drabs. Yeah. And you're paying off a mortgage, right? Like you've got a, you're a homeowner. Oh, yeah. I'm paying off a mortgage. And um, in December, I decided to uh, redo my kitchen. So I'm also paying off that. Oh, man. That's brutal. Yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. And then, you know, every other, every other extra little sundry. I'm doing without now. Yeah. So. How are people around you coping that have been affected by the the tornado as well? Oh, depends on who you ask. I mean, you know, for those of us, there's a lot of us that weren't affected by the tornado. But we all know someone, I think, more or less, who's had some damage done. And it's just, it depends on the extent of the damage. Some people I know, their houses were leveled. Other people... You know, they had some minor damage, but it just runs the gamut. So I think at this point, everyone's just trying to hunker down and get and get their homes back to a livable state. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's wild. There are certain streets in certain neighborhoods where you turn down the street and you don't even recognize it because it's been leveled. Wow. And it's just it's rows and rows of houses with blue tarps as their roof. Yeah. And so Holly Street got hit one of the worst. I mean, it just the further up the street you go, it was just destroyed. Yeah. My brother lives right up the road in that neighborhood. You know, yeah. he's, he's right across from that Rose Pepper restaurant. And uh, oh, yeah. said, they were down in a little valley, but he said all of his neighbors are everything's just gutted. Mm hmm. 
Man, yeah. what's, what are, what are, what's happening to people that were in those homes? Like, do you know anybody who, who lost their home, what they might be doing right now? I think a lot of people are staying with friends. Um, I don't know. I don't know anybody personally, like real well, that actually lost their home that yeah. I can think of off the top of my head. But I know that I have friends that, I have friends that are housing other friends. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's always two degrees of separation. Yeah. And that's gotta be stressful too, getting a, a shelter in place order when you're housing somebody else. And now right. you're not just responsible for yourself and your family, but for them too, you know? God, I feel like I got off lucky because my neighborhood's fine. And, you know, I have enough, I have enough to float me along financially for a little while, but I mean, I have coworkers that they have 15 bucks in their pocket. Right. And on a, and a and three week that, delay on unemployment, that's, that ain't going to sit well. No, it's not. Luckily, a lot of the bar owners, mine included, um, they are in the process of getting a little bit of extra money to all of us. So yeah. How did Roberts handle this? How did they, how did they deal with you guys when this happened? Um, they sent us, they kept in contact through our crew app and they are, you know, doing stuff to make sure that we all get some kind of a stipend. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and then like as a staff, you know, and that's, you know, with management, they've had a lot of their own stuff going on too, but then just as a staff, you know, we've all been in constant contact, um, sharing, websites for grants walking each other through the un i can't tell you how many people i have walked through the unemployment process over yeah. the phone awesome just yeah that's just that's what you got to do like what other choice do you have right um so. when did when did they close like how did how did that happen for you guys did, did, were, did they stay up until the state shut it down or the city or county or how did that how did the that mayor um on march 15th it was a sunday at 5.30, the mayor um, had a meeting with Metro Council, and they voted to request that all um, bars and restaurants, particularly on Lower Broadway and you know, in town, that they shut down. And a lot of bars contested it. There are a lot of bars that continued to stay open, but I... Yeah, I heard, I heard was, Kid Rock, his bar... Uh refused to close <laughs> called it obviously. unconstitutional <laughs> obviously yeah he was wrapped in an american flag waving three guns at the same time saying that now he actually didn't say that but he um steve smith who owns tootsies and who also has a stake in about three or four other bars on the block including kid rocks made the now infamous statement you know we thank the mayor for their concern for our patrons, but we view this as unconstitutional as they are targeting a certain kind of business. And it's like, Oh God, Steve, shut up. <laughs> but on, on the flip side, Roberts, when that happened at five 30, Roberts was like, all right, shutting down at six o'clock. And they did band yeah. quit. Everybody closed their tabs out and we locked the door at six o'clock on March 15th. And it hasn't been open since. What was that like? <laughs> Being in the um, room for I, that, like I wasn't a, there that night. Oh, you weren't. 
But okay. I can imagine it was a it was a little surreal because that doesn't happen. I mean, those bars do not close for any reason. Like yeah. that block stays open. I can't tell you how many tornadoes have like whipped around downtown and all of lower Broadway is still pumping out tunes and serving beer. It's crazy. Yeah. I was talking to uh, somebody at a waffle house a while back and they were saying that they're, they were having to install locks because they were going to have to close and they'd never put locks on the doors at that waffle house. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, <laughs> Some people gotta have their waffles, it's, no matter what the price. It's a big, big change in in, in dynamics for a lot of places, you know. Spots yeah. you'd never imagine being closed, being closed. But I was gonna say, doesn't Waffle House just have like a bat wing swinging door? Like it doesn't even have a door. <laughs> well, they, uh, I guess, the ones that were recently built, because there was there was a moment where they had to close back mm-hmm. during the recession, I think. But anything uh, that's yeah. been built after that, if they didn't need a lock, they didn't put a lock on because they're 24 hours. So. Right, yeah. <laughs> I never even thought about that. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. So are you doing house shows or any kind of any kind of musical thing to get you through in any of this? Um, no, we've actually, as a band, we've been trying to write some new material. Yeah. I've also been experienced like for myself. I feel like one, this is the first time that I've had a normal sleep schedule in 13 years. <laughs> right. And it's I get up, have coffee, I read books, I feed my cats. Um, they like it cuz I'm home, so we cuddle a lot. Um, I've been Learning garage band, like teaching myself garage band. I still have gone, been going to my vocal lessons. Um, cooking, teaching myself Spanish. I've been reading a lot of interesting books. That's probably been one of my favorite parts. Uh, I'm currently reading Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail 72. Oh, that's a great one. That's a really great yeah, one. Yeah, that's how it, it's amazing how every page I turn, I'm like, wow, this could this could be happening right now and it wouldn't sound much different. Yeah, if you haven't read much from the, I forget the Rolling Stones uh, reporter, Matt Taibbi, he's, uh, mm-hmm. he kind of did the same thing on the Trump campaign trail. He traveled with Trump. And right. it's, his writing on that is fantastic because it feels like that kind of Hunter S. like Gonzo kind of stuff. In, in modern times but yeah that book's that book's great mm-hmm. what else have you been reading what else is the entertainment that's been getting you through um i've also well let's see i watched all of season five of american horror story <laughs> last week um i read perfidia by james elroy i also i've got a bunch of noir books that i ordered online for like two dollars a piece i bought the thin <laughs> nice. man i bought the big sleep Nice. Um, uh, I've got Woody Guthrie's biography, Bound for Glory. Um, what are you listening? Yeah. What are you listening to? Nothing. Yeah, no music. You you're in a musicless house. Yeah. Well, I did listen to Neil Diamond's Hot August Night today while I was mopping my floor. Nice. But other than that, honestly, I've been just. Enjoying the silence, going out, working out in my yard, listening to the birds. Um, because 
you know, working in a live music venue, as you well know, when it's music all the time, it just, it's almost like you don't even have time. Yeah. Yeah. When I, when I worked in the music industry, I realized how I suddenly stopped listening to music. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And I'm sure that I'll, I've been listening to a lot of NPR in the car. Yeah. Um, Has it been hard listening to news at this point? Do you find yourself yeah. sheltering from news or do you find yourself going after it? No, I listen to, I'll listen to the governor of Tennessee. He does like weekly briefings or daily briefings or whatever. I'll try to catch some of those or like what the mayor does. But other than that, I give up on the news. Yeah. It's yeah. not good news. I mean, and I've noticed, like, I know this might sound, this might sound really ignorant, but when I turn off the news, the news quits happening to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like I go out, I go out to stores and I talk to people and people are still like, people are like, man, this is crazy. Hey, how's your day? I'm like, yeah, it's good, but it is crazy. Yeah. How is so, the, how is the shelter order functioning for you guys out there? Is it, or is there a stay at home order or what, what are you guys living under right now? Um, they, our, our governor has really made it a point to not quarantine like they do in Italy, where it's like cops roaming the streets telling people to get back in their houses. But there's the strong, strong, strong suggestion like, hey, really, like, we're seriously asking you to consider staying home. Please. We would really appreciate it if you didn't leave your house unless you were going to the grocery store. Yeah. And, you know... I'm I'm not really going many places. I'm going to the grocery store when I need to. I'm going to Lowe's because I'm trying to put gardens in so I can grow my own food. And yeah. then also like with, with these jobs that I've been picking up, like I just I need supplies. Right. So but other than that, I was I was talking to a friend and I'm like, let's go out to lunch. And she's like, Where are we gonna go? I was like, Oh, that's right. There's no restaurants open. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. I've been been drinking a lot at home. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been the 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 Facebook group video chats of of cocktails for me is the only way I've had a drink with a friend, you know. <laughs> right, exactly. So, um and just, you know, with this new endeavor, I've been having, you know, a lot of meetings and seeing people that way. Well, thanks for talking to me, Sam. Uh, no problem, John. It was a pleasure. And yeah, keep us up to date with what's going on out there and what's the how do people get on the on the two broke bartenders page? Oh, well, uh you can go to twobrokebartender.com. We also have social media, so it's um two broke bart uh, I think it's Facebook is at two broke bartenders. Instagram is at two underscore broke underscore bartenders. That was Samantha Harlow in Nashville, Tennessee. To hear more music from the Bad Signs, just head to badsignsband.com or look wherever you get your music. Home Fried is a production of Dirty Spoon Media. I'm Jonathan Ammons, and I'm the editor-in-chief. I produce the show and write and record our interstitial music. Catherine Campbell is our editor-at-large, manages our website and marketing, and keeps the gears turning. To check out the new season of the Dirty Spoon Radio Hour that just started yesterday, listen back to episodes of our shows, or to support us through our Patreon, just head over to dirty-spoon.com. 
Anyone who donates there will receive a free copy of my new ambient record, First Sight, which regular listeners may recognize as a lot of the background music we use in our shows. We'll be back with more episodes of Home Fright every Tuesday and Thursday with occasional episodes on Saturdays. To subscribe, just search for The Dirty Spoon Radio Hour wherever you get your podcasts. Always bringing you stories from the people who shape what we consume right here on The Dirty Spoon. I ask for this.